welcome to Best Laid Plans, Episode 6. This is your host, Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the podcast where we talk about all things planning and planner related. I'm so excited to be at this episode. It's another one of the planning concept episodes, which we're going to do every four episodes approximately. And this one was a listener-generated idea, which was an episode about how to build a planning system from the ground up. This sounds kind of basic, but I think it's more of a deep dive into the elements that I feel are necessary in making up a functioning planning system. I'm not going to necessarily provide prescriptive item ideas, and I promise, I know there are some of you waiting for more brand-specific reviews, and they are coming in some future episodes, but this is more about, you know, what are the pieces that you need to have in place in order to build up a successful system for yourself that you will actually use every day. And for the person that wrote, they kind of wanted an idea if they had nothing to start with, how would you go about building it? And I thought that was a great kind of framework to put things in. So number one is thinking about the calendar system. I think that this can be electronic or it can be paper or it can have elements of both. But the caveat is I think there needs to be one master calendar that you truly trust to have everything important. This means every work event, every personal life event, and even events of others that might impact you. For example, my trusted calendar has my husband's call schedule on it, specifically when he is on on weekends. I don't really care if he's on on a Tuesday night, since that's really not going to necessarily impact what I do with the kids. But I definitely need to plan ahead and know if he's going to be pretty much away all weekend on call. So my trusted calendar has my call schedule as well as his call schedule. It also integrates everything for my kids' school calendar and work. This can absolutely be electronic. I know many people love Cozy. I'm going to have some expert on Cozy come on in the future. Some people just love to use Google Calendar. And there are likely many other fancy online solutions for this. However, I will say that I do prefer having it on paper. And I think that it at least deserves a try because I find it certainly at least as efficient to add a meeting to my paper calendar, usually my Hobonichi or currently my Jibun Techo, which I'll talk about a little bit, as I do to add an event in Google Calendar. And since I am someone who has my planning tools with me wherever I go, because they're really part of my life, it's just as easy to access. So some people, that may not be the case, but if it is possible for you, you may want to try the efficiency that goes along with just having everything on paper. That doesn't mean that backup information isn't stored electronically. For example, of course, I don't write down like the Zoom meeting numbers. I'm going to go you know, into my work calendar to actually enter any meeting. But just the fact of what is happening when on a grand scale and on a more granular level, I prefer to have on paper. That's just me. Again, you have to experiment, but I think you do have to kind of make a commitment to have one master. And that can be one master digital, or it can be one master paper, of which there are many options. I mentioned that I'm currently using the Jaboon Techo. So for those people who find that they just don't want some big behemoth thing to carry around, I will mention that I'm using the B6 mini size Jaboon Techo Biz. And that thing is 
tiny. I mean, it's like half the size of my wallet. It's very thin and it has space to put basically any kind of event that I would need to record as well as time sensitive tasks. So space doesn't have to be an issue. Of course, I also love some much larger planners and the Hobonichi Cousin that I typically use is not necessarily something you can slide into your pocket. But there are some pretty teeny tiny options that you could consider if space is of concern. Okay, so now you're starting with your calendar and you're integrating everything from work and from your head and the school calendars and any other calendar that impacts you and that goes in first. Because really, until you know what the time landscape looks like for you, like when you're gonna you know, be home, be on vacation, have an essential meeting, it's very hard to plan anything else. <laughs> so I think the calendar is first and foremost, but it's certainly not all. Now, some people... Um, And I'm going to move on to segment two here, which is my list and goals management system. But I was just going to say that some people actually integrate them both. So some people can actually use a binder system or they can use a Hobonichi even to have all of their lists and goals integrated into one book with their calendar. I have definitely done that before with some digital augmentation or even analog augmentation by using a little accessory notebook that I tucked into the side of my Hobonichi, as I mentioned. But there is, again, no one right way to do this. You just have to, I don't know, pick a plan and go with it. And by the way, when I say that, I think someone setting up a system from scratch needs to accept the reality that they're probably not going to design the perfect system on the first go round. But at least then they have a system and they can start to figure out what aspects of it are working and what aspects of it are clunky or not working. And then that can be refined throughout the course of the year. That may mean experimenting with different apps or buying different notebooks. But I mean, I think the investment is worth it to figure out something that works for your life. Okay, that was a little bit of an aside. Okay, so as you're building your list and goals management system, the way I think of it, you need places to put your inputs. So incoming tasks, things that you have to do, things that you have to get back to. Now, these can be digital folders. For example, in your email may be an appropriate place for some of these tasks. But you also may want to have to-do lists that you keep often with sort of time contexts linked to them. You need place to put incoming ideas, especially on the fly. You guys know we had a great Q&A in the last episode where we talked about recording those ideas that come to you, you know, when you're on the run or, you know, somewhere that you aren't able to stop and write things down. So you need some system and way to capture those incoming ideas. You need some way, well, you don't need, but you certainly can have some way of recording the past. I know a lot of people who like to use their planning systems, like myself, in part as memories, knowing that they're probably going to keep at least some of the yearly books that they complete. So this can be integrated because really what better record of the past is seeing what you did. And then you may want to add some sort of more personal notes almost to your future self or like cute things your kids say or things like that, that can be integrated into your system. And then I also think that it's very important to figure out where your goals lists are going to fit into your system. And they can be on paper. There are some fantastic goal-setting dedicated planners, and I'm going to be reviewing at least one of them in an upcoming episode. You could also certainly do all of the goals lists electronically. You could have an Apple Notes file that just says goals, and then you have maybe a folder for monthly goals and a folder for weekly goals, etc., I personally like to do most of my goals lists on paper because I feel like I get more into that dreamy but focused plan of mine when I have a blank bullet journal or planner page in front of me that I can fill out and think about what I want to get done in that next time frame. But that's me and that may not be you. And there's, again, 
no right answer here. So going back to that first thing I mentioned, which is sorting your incoming tasks. I think this is where a lot of people get overwhelmed pretty quickly. And I don't know that I have, you know, the sledgehammer to make this easy. It's not, especially if you work in a job where you may get more urgent things put on your plate. But I guess with practice, I've gotten a pretty natural rhythm going. A task that comes at me either goes on my daily page if it's something that's urgent and I know I need to do right then. I'm going to add a checkbox because, you know, I might be finishing up something else, but I know I need to call X resident next. So that's going to go on my daily page. It doesn't need to go anywhere else if it's something I just need to get done ASAP. If it's not urgent, I'm probably not going to want to add it to that day. That is sort of how I roll. Once I've decided what I'm going to do on a given day, even if I finish, not terribly likely to want to add extra things. And that may be kind of a personality thing, but it is what it is. And I will also say that I often don't get finished with what I've planned to do. So maybe it's just that I like to reward myself with the idea that if I do get finished 30 minutes early, I can take a walk and not do other tasks. So with that in mind, if I get asked to do something that does not need to be done that day, I'm most likely going to add it to my weekly list if it's something that does need to be done that week or maybe even the next week, thinking that I could migrate it, especially if it's like on Friday. Or it will get put on my kind of time-sensitive list, on this, which I use my calendar for. Many weekly spread pages and planners have kind of a column on the side, and I find this a very useful place to put to-do list items that are sort of time sensitive, but not for that given day that you're on so that you know, like, for example, I did some online membership somewhere recently and I'm doing a free trial and I may or may not want to continue it. So I went to the day that that trial is over and, and put on that weekly list, cancel X trial to remember to do so. I mean, that was a natural thing to do with it. Then there are also sort of big projects that may get slammed on your plate that are not time sensitive, but are just kind of like behemoths that are sitting there waiting to be assigned a time frame. I get a lot of those through my work. I have different, and this is where I actually have chosen to go digital for certain things, especially for work things, but I just have like a work folder in my Apple Notes and I will keep work tasks that really don't have a time frame assigned to them, but that I know really do need to get done in the coming weeks to months. And they may be fairly vague, like I might put like revised curricula, because until I'm actually starting to revise the curricula, I don't need to specifically make a whole table as to which curricula I want to do what day, but a more kind of like, so I don't lose the whole idea altogether. And then finally, the last category of tasks would be something that maybe isn't necessarily a task, but an idea that you might want to do later. And I definitely love the concept of the someday maybe folder that comes from David Allen's productivity method, which is if there's something you might want to do later, but you really don't have, you really don't want to be kind of wasting mental energy on thinking about doing it anytime soon, then you have a list just for that. Now that does go against, I think I mentioned it in the last episode that Lisa Woodruff has a great 24 hour rule, which is like, Eh, if I see an idea and I'm not going to do it in 24 hours, just don't worry about it. <laughs> and I think that's okay too, especially for small things. But if it's for something big or let's say some, I don't know, movie that you know you would love, but you just don't think you have the bandwidth for right now, then the Someday Maybe folder is an excellent place for those things to go. Fun fact, I believe I put Start Planner Podcast in my Someday Maybe folder. And the reason that it ended up getting pulled out of that folder is because of the pandemic, we were asked to take some extra paid time off and I was left with some more days that I didn't have regular work. And so as I was thinking about what to do with that time, 
I was perusing my someday maybe list as one does and thought, hey, now would actually be a reasonable time to put together this podcast. And so I did. So I guess in summary, that list goals management system, you are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick and what I'm hoping to wear all season is the calendress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com slash plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply doesn't have to be any one way. It can be in part a folder in your email. It can be part electronic and it can be part on paper, but it does need to include places to put incoming tasks, ideally with a way to sort them in some organized fashion, a place to record incoming ideas, especially those that you don't need to deal with now, a place to record the past if desired. And that can include things like habit tracking and goals lists for every time frame. And I really do believe that making goals lists has helped me 
grow as a human being and enjoy life more. So if you have not tried making goals lists, I think it is something that you might want to dive into in the new year of 2021 post-pandemic or mid-pandemic. I don't know where we're going to be at that point. I make goals lists for every year, for every quarter or quintile. I do divide the year into five, as I think I've mentioned, because it just fits more with my kids' school calendar every month, every week, and then every day. And that way, I don't know, it's my nature to get very overwhelmed by all the things I want to do and feel like, oh my God, life is just too short and how am I going to do it all? But by kind of intentionally pulling a reasonable amount of things into each time frame, whatever that may be, it makes me feel better. And I sort of paradoxically end up doing more because I don't get stuck in that place where you just feel like, well, I'm not going to get any of it done. So why do any of it? Anyway, that was another digression. I was just going to go through my personal list slash goals management system briefly because I do have some of it online and some of it on paper. And for this person who had the question, it just might be interesting to hear how one person does it. So I have a folder in my work email for projects that I'm kind of waiting on somebody's response or need to follow up. And I go through that every single week without fail. Very important that with a lot of these task management systems, you need to, and you can even put it in your calendar to have a time slot for when you're going to revisit them or else they're going to become not helpful at all. In fact, it'll just be buried and then you'll forget about it and be in trouble. So you can have a folder like this, but you need to make a date with yourself. And I do every single Friday. I have Apple notes lists for sort of catch all for ideas that come to me. And as I mentioned, I have like an on the go list for stuff that just comes up like while I'm walking around with the kids, as well as a work goals list and a non work goals and ideas list. I have paper lists for yearly goals, monthly goals, weekly goals, and daily goals. And I forgot in that part, the quintile goals. So yes, I'm big on paper lists for those sorts of things. I have my daily pages, which contain my plan for the day, as well as what I want to get done that day, and kind of some built-in sections for memory keeping. And those are all right in my planner. The Hobonichi was a great system for this. Right now, I'm using a bullet journal, though, and that works very well as well. And then I have a lot of ad hoc lists mostly in paper, of various things that I just want to keep track of. Although some of them do make much more sense to do it digitally. So I do. For example, I have all of my podcast show notes in kind of that format using Apple Notes. And that's much easier to do digital since I'm obviously... Well, not obviously, but I do type them out. I don't handwrite them. And I have a digital notes file like with workout related notes with some photos because I don't know, it just felt easier to do it that way. But a lot of those things are just on paper in the bullet journal. I think especially if I know that I'm not going to need a list forever, like if it's a summer reading list, that's more fun to put on paper in my bullet journal because yes, I may not be using that bullet journal in four months because it's filled up, but by then I won't need that list anymore. I actually wrote recently or I posted on Instagram kind of a list of bullet journal ideas. So you may want to refer to that. It's just a picture of a page that I wrote in the bullet journal about different spreads you might want to put into your bullet journal. So if you're looking for more inspiration there, you can find it. And just to remind you, my Instagram is at shoebox underscore plans. You can also track things or you cannot track things. There's no rules about this either. There's no reason that just because you're starting a planning system that you need to become obsessive about tracking, I don't know, the number of books that you're reading. I do enjoy tracking those things. But again, everything is optional here. You can track workouts, trips that you want to take, TV shows you want to watch, your kids' milestones or growth parameters, whatever feels right. 
So that's lists and goals management, which again can be integrated or entirely separate from your calendar system. The third thing you need is routines that support the use of these systems and that support your mission to stay organized and intentional. So as I mentioned before, it's all great to have a weekly follow-up folder in your work email, but you have to actually know that you're going to look at it for it to be useful. I think it's valuable for every single person to sit down and think about when you process all of your inputs. For example, when do you deal with your physical mail and pay your bills? When do you look at your budget? When do you empty your email? When do you check your Instagram messages? When do you... I don't know. Sometimes I get like random disks or patient labs on my desk. I get inputs from like 90 different places. And I'm sure most of you do too. And I do feel like in most cases, I have a very defined system of like when I process them. I do tend to struggle with things like email, as many do, because that can become a continuous input. So I have to remind myself to close that Outlook window or that Gmail window so that I'm not continually processing them because that is not useful. Your brain really can't do that and other things at the same time. But at the same time, if I don't know that when I'm going to do it, then it's sort of tempting to do it all the time. So it might be valuable to sit down and stop whatever you're doing right now and make a page in your bullet journal or in your email and write yourself a note about when do I really want to process each of my inputs. So make a list of the regular inputs that you get in your life and think about how often you really want to look at them or really need to look at them. I'll say I do some processing in life in addition to email. That is kind of like several times a day because it kind of has to be for my line of work. But every morning, there's some processing of tasks and lists. At the end of each workday, At the end of the work week, there's like a much bigger processing session. That's my weekly review. On Sundays is when I do a lot of home processing, like looking at all the mail, making sure the bills are paid, all that kind of stuff. And then certainly at the end of months, quarters, and each year, you're going to have different levels kind of as part of your review processes. So routines about when you process your inputs, routines about how you capture the little things that come up on the go, which is something we talked about in the last episode, routines as to when do you create and review your plans. Yes, I'm telling you to plan when you plan. Oh my God, I know. I'm sorry. But really... Again, if you're really building a system from scratch, it's something to think about. One of the most common things I hear from people is, oh, I got this beautiful planner and this beautiful system and then I just like didn't use it. Well, maybe you didn't think about when you'd want to use it. So that would be something to actually make a deal with yourself. Are you going to look at it every morning, every afternoon, every weekend, etc.? And then finally, the last part of your routines are none of us live as lone wolves in the world. So there are others that you probably need to coordinate plans with. And you need to think about which way you do this. I do this with certain coworkers, typically on Fridays. I do it with my husband over the weekend. I do it with our childcare, usually on Mondays and kind of throughout the week. But you do need to make sure that you have some way of regularly communicating what is going on that's going to impact others. Okay, so, so far we have discussed the essentials of a calendar system, the list and goals management system, your routines that support the use of all these things. And now we're going to get to section four, which I think is where a lot of people just get super, super intimidating, which is aesthetics. First of all, let me just say all of the aesthetics are optional. I will repeat that. All of the aesthetics in your planning are optional. It's okay to have a very plain and boring looking planning system as long as it makes sense to you. There, I said it. It is not how I choose to live because I get great enjoyment (laughs) by making my pages somewhat colorful, not super colorful. Again, I'm not one of the like super stickery people, but I do like some, I don't know, 
emphasis on headings and things like that. But you can make it look however you want to make it look. And if it smudges, it's still going to have what it needs to have on it. You can color code, but you don't have to color code. You can do that memory keeping and, you know, paste photos in or tickets or not like any of us have tickets to anything now, but, you know, you can do that, but it's really all optional. So please, 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 as you're building your system, don't get intimidated by the aesthetics. Don't be afraid to write in something that you've bought because you might mess it up. You won't. It's okay. Or if you do, you can start on the next page and you'll survive. (laughs) Okay. So finally... I know people want me to say, oh, well, this is what I would have in my basic planning kit and they want me to name products. But the truth is, and again, we will talk about many, many products. There are so many products. I didn't even realize how many products until I compiled a list as I was planning the episodes of this planner. But like literally, I mean, probably hundreds of planning brands and systems and paper products. And it's just like amazing. So I would never be able to tell you that I know, you know, the holy grail because First of all, everyone has different aesthetics that they enjoy. For example, like different types of paper really bother me, but they're not going to bother other people. So like, you know, this is very individual. But again, once you've decided kind of what you want on paper and what you want digitally, that should be able to help you decide what you need to buy. If you know that portability is the most important thing for you and you know you're going to have a lot of your stuff just available on your phone calendar, then you might think about, you know, just a tiny bullet journal for lists or something like that. If you know that you want a very portable calendar, you may consider what I just mentioned, which is the Jibun Techo or the Hobonichi Weeks is quite small. And those are some really tiny kind of weekly, monthly spreads that you could carry around. But there are also some, you know, slightly bigger many, many other options that have both weekly and monthly planning pages in various layouts. Lately, I'm loving looking at the Plum Paper and the Simplified Weekly have really caught my eye as well. If you want a binder option, that's actually an incredibly versatile system. And if you're just sort of figuring things out in terms of which pages you enjoy using and need, it might be a really fun way to start. Cloth and paper inserts are gorgeous and minimal and they are all the rage right now. So that is one fantastic option. There is also you know, the classic Filofax options, as well as Inkwell Press makes some really nice disc bound options. And they have monthly pages and goal setting pages, as well as you could have some blank pages that you use for daily planning. So that's just a few of about a million brands, but some of my favorites. You also need some great pens that you enjoy using. And I have been on this like insane black pen quest recently. Like the stack is just continuing to grow. I will say the front runner for what I think I will use in my Hobonichi next year is the Zebra Sarasa Dry. I think I mentioned that in a prior episode. They're almost dry enough that they don't really smudge in that planner for me if I'm very careful. And I do keep returning to the Sakura Pigma Microns in the 0-1 size. They're really just lovely, both for my bullet journal and for the Hobonichi. So they're a really versatile pigment marker. Okay. So that was a lot. Oh, and if you want to make it fun, it's always nice to have some beautiful highlighters or fineliner pens. The Stidler Tripless Fineliners are beautiful. The Zebra Mildliners that I mentioned before are gorgeous and very versatile. And I use them for everything all the time. And they also seem to never go dry. So they are a fantastic long-lasting option. And it's always fun to have a couple of washi tapes or stickers to make things fun. But again, optional. I'll repeat that only if you want to. So with that in mind, I will mention this week's love of the week. I follow the Uber YouTuber, Amanda Rachel Lee, who like 
you know, she'll be trending in the top 25 YouTube videos. Like I'm so somehow proud that a bullet journalist has reached this level of fame, but she totally has. And it's awesome. And it's because she makes these beautiful videos and is a great artist and has just great style and vibes. So anyway, she is releasing her own line of washi tapes and dot journals, meaning bullet journal style notebooks. And I am totally going to order some. So I'll be able to give you the full rundown on what that you know looks like and how amazing it is in person. But it's my love of the week even before I'm able to order it because it looks really adorable online. And I just have this feeling it could sell out. By the time this airs, it will be on sale. So hopefully there'll still be lots of different colors and options available. But again, that's Amanda Rach Lee. You can just Google her shop and I'll put it in the show notes as well. And the washi tape and notebooks that she's coming out with. Okay, so that is how I would build my planning system, or at least the elements of the planning system that I consider essential and things to think about if I were starting from scratch. You can find me at theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. And actually, if you subscribe to my newsletter, you will get a free download of kind of my accessory notebook templates that I use in my planning. So if that's helpful for anyone, then that's available. You just have to join my newsletter and you'll get an email from me once a week. I guess you can always unsubscribe if you just want the download, but it's pretty unobtrusive. So anyway, hopefully some of you would enjoy that. And I'm also on Instagram on my planning channel at shoebox underscore plans. So S-H-U-B-O-X underscore plans. Thank you so much for joining me. Episode number six in the books. I'm so excited for what's to come. A little teaser is that the next episode will be product focused and I'm going to be reviewing two incredibly different products for you to look at, perhaps for your planning adventures next year. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.